Well, spiritual direction is a practice that is uh, oftentimes sought out and when it's received can be a huge shot in the arm for any person's walk of faith. But sometimes it's misunderstood or not understood well about what's actually happening in the context of spiritual direction. Here to give us a bit of insight is trained spiritual director and parishioner at St. Joseph West St. Paul, though currently studying theology in Austria, Angie Newman, good friend of mine. Angie, welcome to the program. Thanks so much. Happy so, to be here. So good to have you with us and good to speak with you as well. Well, let's start things off. Just uh, tell us what's going on in Austria uh, these days. What are you studying over there? Where are you studying? And give us a rundown of what's going on there. Sure. Yeah, well, I am in a little remote village called Trumau. It's about a half an hour outside of Vienna. And I study at the International Theological Institute um, that was actually founded by John Paul II. And I'm doing a licentiate in sacred theology, studying moral and dogmatic um, theology. And Austria, as you may have heard, is <laughs> it's made some of the front front news lines. Um, we've had the mandate for the vaccine, um, so that will go into effect as of February 1st. Um, and will start to be enforced as of, I believe it's March 16th. Um, but it seems like it's, it's going to be less of a, um, invasive measure than originally anticipated. There's been a lot of, uh, protests, as you may have seen in the news. And, um, generally the population, I think, is, is pretty divided on the issue, which is, you know, more or less the world situation. Mm-hmm. But, um, nonetheless, it's a good place to be. Very good. Well, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you all the way across from Austria uh, on this. On this, well, it's uh, cold and snowy here in Minneapolis, but uh, but certainly uh, it's uh, it's a wonder of technology that we're able to converse anyway. But uh, to turn to our topic at hand, spiritual direction. Let's just start off with. Uh, well, I mean, it is. It can be a great way for people to intentionally take time to reflect on what the Lord. Uh, is calling us to do um, and and what uh, how he's at work in our lives. So, give us a bit more information, Angie, on the benefits of spiritual direction. Right. Well, I think the you know the main goal, obviously, for spiritual direction is always just growth in holiness, becoming one with our Lord and conformity to Christ. And so, it's really the end of spiritual direction is how do I be you know how do I be my best version of myself, who God has written me to be from all eternity. How do I fulfill my life mission? How do I discover my life mission? How do I fulfill it? Um, and how do I take as many people with me to heaven as possible? Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's good calling right then and there. Um, but specifically in seeking out a spiritual director, well, first, um, before we get to the tactics of how to do something like that, um, what is the role of a spiritual director? How does a spiritual director encourage and help us in those particular tasks of, of becoming the best version of ourselves, of discovering our mission, of living that out, and growing in holiness? Mm-hmm. Right. Great question. So, Teresa of Avila, as we know, she's one of the doctors of the Church. Um, she was a Carmelite, a woman of profound prayer herself. Um, she delineated three qualities that you know are essential to a really solid spiritual director. So, to be learned is the first one, someone of knowledge and of understanding. Uh, the second is to be experienced, and then the third is that they would be a person of prayer, um, of discernment, and of holiness. And so I think spiritual directors, they're really meant to be, you know, there's there's even some contention on the language of what do you, what do you call somebody in this role? Is it proper to call them a director? 
um, or even, you know, spiritual, because usually what it looks like in the conversation is it, it's not just about the spiritual life. You know, the spirit informs the whole, the whole of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's not really, it could be about our marriage. It could be about our job. It could be about our kids. It could be about, um, really anything within our life is, is proper to discuss within the bounds of spiritual direction. Though, of course, it's going to be focused on, how do I grow in holiness? How do I grow in union with the Lord? And so, uh, when we're, when we're looking for a spiritual director, I think these, these three qualities are very essential because you want someone who knows the lay of the land, who has practical experience and can help us navigate some of the, you know, the trials in life and someone who can just really companion us along life's journey. All right. So just to make sure I got them, you want somebody, you're looking for somebody who's learned, somebody who's experienced, and somebody who's a person of prayer. Did I get those right? Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, obviously, uh, spiritual direction is not something then that can just be taken up by anyone. What is, the, what is the usual process if someone would want to become a spiritual director? How, how does training take place? You know, that's a great question, and it continues to evolve. So if we go way back to, you know, some of the the Desert Fathers, for instance, they would be considered some of the first spiritual directors, and they say, how do you know if you have a call to be a spiritual director? They said, first and foremost, people come to you seeking direction. (laughs) So it's kind of a de facto type of discernment. Um, But today we have, you know, a lot of... um, belief out there, a lot of popular belief when it comes to spiritual direction is that uh, priests are just kind of, they would, they would make a great, you know, spiritual director, which may or may not be the case because um, there's actually formalized training nowadays for people to be spiritual directors. That's not to say that you couldn't have an excellent spiritual director. So for instance, John Paul II himself, before um, he was even ordained. He had a spiritual director who was a lay person and who was just seeped in St. John of the Cross, you know, and so he, the, his spiritual director was able to convey some of the richness of the tradition, um, and he wasn't a priest. He was a lay person. I'm, I don't know for a fact, but I would guess that he wasn't formally trained. So you can have um, people who are just, you know, they meet those three criteria who don't have formalized training. Um, you could have people, um, you could have priests who make excellent spiritual directors. I've been privileged to have wonderful spiritual direction from priests um, in my life. And um, I also currently, my spiritual director is is a lay woman, which I think is actually very beneficial sometimes just to have the same gender um, can be can be helpful as well. So the school that I attended to become a spiritual director is called um, the School of Spiritual Direction and is run by the Marian Servants of Our Lady of Divine Providence is out of Clearwater, Florida. And primarily they form lay people actually to be spiritual directors. And so it's really um, training people. It's called the contemplative evocative model, which is really what they mean by that is that's a form of spiritual direction, which is much more listening based. So you as a director, um, we're trained to really listen, to keep one ear open to the directee, to them speaking of their life situation, maybe current things they're discerning or problems they're having, or just, you know, even the consolations that they're receiving from the Lord, and then keeping the other ear open to the Holy Spirit and trying to discern with the person what what maybe is the Lord inviting this person into? Is it a deeper 
you know, intimacy with him? Is it a deeper um, opportunity for, for growth and, and trust? You know, and so there's this, this um, trying to listen to the person and also trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. Right. And obviously through your, your answer to that question, it's, it's clear that laity as well as clergy can, can serve as spiritual directors as well, right? So if that's the case, and say somebody is seeking out a spiritual director, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious to, I mean, a, a person that you just naturally want to or would think to go to is your parish priest, your pastor, right? And so, but the pastor might, it might be helpful for him to have some list of people in the congregation or some other people that they might be able to say in the parish, these, this, you might consider asking this person and this or this person if they're not available to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So the parish priest is um, the the default spiritual director of all of the parishioners, and even beyond that, all of the souls within the geographical confines of the parish. Um, but because their energies are limited and or they may not really be drawn to that type of ministry, they may not have the charisms or the gifts that really um, serve a spiritual director well. It, it's a huge blessing when when parish priests have people within their parish to be able to send um, souls that are looking for a spiritual director too. Mm. So absolutely, it, it can be. Many times, people are really shocked um, to think that oh, a, a layperson could be a spiritual director. Um, but I think that there's, you know, it's it's really how do we conceptualize the notion of a spiritual director if it's this you know, mystic, somebody in the sixth or seventh mansion, you know, right. <laughs> after he says writings, then, you know, they are pretty few and far between, you know, they're pretty rare that we'll, we'll encounter somebody like that in our life. Um, but really what we're looking for, Teresa of Avila, as a mystic, as somebody who had reached those stages in the spiritual life herself, had said, really, it's just those three things, you know, which really encompass a lot when you think about it. Someone who's learned, who's experienced, and who is a person of prayer. Yeah. You know, those those are three really, really great things. And right. also, I think it's important to to note that spiritual directors aren't to be dictators. They're not to, you're not under a vow of obedience. You don't owe them any obedience, as a matter of fact. Um, even Teresa herself was disobedient to her spiritual directors on a number of occasions uh, that she just disagreed, you know. So you don't owe obedience to them, and they're certainly not infallible. They're just there to be um, sort of a, someone who, you know, who you can look up to sort of as a spiritual mentor. Mm. Um, so part of a spiritual director, one of the charisms that can be helpful is if someone has, you know, knowledge, wisdom, or teaching mm. for that, because they can take your particular situation and maybe difficulties that you're going through or, for instance, if you're discerning your vocation, that would be a very important time in your life to have a spiritual director, if at all possible. And so they'll be, they'll be able to take, you know, the witness of or the knowledge from tradition. So knowing maybe some scholastic theology, for instance, mm-hmm. um, and being able to apply it to your particular situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just a practical question, Angie. So, um, should spiritual directors be paid? Is this something we should pay for? You know, that that is kind of a controversial question. And I think, you know, I think you could make an argument for either either way. I remember um, talking to, actually, with Bishop Cousins about this, and he had said he thinks, sure, why not? He said, you know, as a priest, as a bishop, he, you know, I've 
maybe I shouldn't be, (laughs) but just generally, he would say that, you know, if it's a religious person or somebody who's making an income, like as a religious, then, you know, there's probably not a need to pay them because that's the point of their, you know, communal living is to allow them to be able to do that type of ministry. Um, Whereas you think somebody like a lay person, it could be really helpful for them to be paid because, you know, then that allows them to cover the cost of living so that they can have the time to provide those services. So I think if you're looking for a spiritual director and you meet somebody and um, you're discerning, like, yep, I think this is good to move forward with this person, uh, it can be just a good practice to ask them, you know, can I can you comp- can I compensate you in any way, or you know, do you have a fee? And then, you know, oftentimes the spiritual director will just say, you know, no, or please, if you'd like to make a donation to you know a charity, um, you know, like as a payment, feel free, but it's not necessary. But I would. I would say it's always good just to ask them. Yeah, okay. Well, so one final question in our last remaining minute here, Angie. Um, This time has flown by, so thank you again for being with us. But, um, you know, obviously spiritual directors, as you've indicated, can be few and uh, few on the ground. So it's it's hard to find a spiritual director. It might take months, even sometimes years of searching. Any suggestions for those who are struggling to find a spiritual director, what they might either do instead or a new way that they could search for one? Right. Yeah. So I think that first and foremost, praying, praying for, you know, good spiritual directors is very important. Um, Personally, when I'm looking for a spiritual director, I usually do, you know, a novena to the Blessed Mother um, and or St. Tresolosu, and they've always been very helpful. (laughs) So it's, it's listening to homilies and just seeing, you know, if there's a message that really strikes me or if there's a time in confession where I feel like there's sort of this, like, um, connaturality or this, like, we just kind of get each other, you know, that type of feel with a person, um, then I might pray a little bit more about asking them to be my spiritual director. Um, and then also just, like, going through and asking, saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in the market for a spiritual director. I don't know if that's something you're open to, but I was wondering if we could just meet. And just by meeting once doesn't mean that you're committed to them being your spiritual director. You want to discern both on both sides if, right. if they're a good fit for you if you're a good fit for them. Um, but one thing that's really helpful, I think, is St. Francis de Sales. He was well aware that there was just a real lack of spiritual directors. And so he said that people don't need spiritual directors so much as they need confessors. Huh. And so if possible, if you can find a priest that you can go to consistently so that you're not just going from priest to priest to priest for confession, But if you're really blessed to be able to go to the same priest um, on a regular basis, then you can share a little bit more than just your sins. You know, you really can share it, you know, like, oh, I'm really struggling with this in prayer, or I'm discerning this, this change in my life, you know, and really we can, we can trust that the Lord is going to guide us. So even, even in the absence of, say, you know, someone who could serve as a spiritual director in your life, or even in the absence of a, a habitual confessor, um, I think it's important or helpful to remember that both St. Faustina and St. Therese um, had said that at certain times they couldn't find spiritual directors for themselves, and they said, Jesus is my spiritual director, you know? So I think it's good to seek out someone here, if possible, if you feel um, that need in your life, but also remembering that if you can't find someone, don't despair. The Lord loves you so much, and He is so invested in your holiness and your growth. 
So it might be he might lead you through means of different talks or homilies. There's a great app called Discerning Hearts um, that has lots of spiritual formation um, talks available on it, and we're just blessed in the age that we live in for good radio shows like this. And so many ways to learn and grow in our faith. Yeah, wonderful. Well, Angie, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for taking up the mantle and and uh, having the interview and and sharing with us your own wisdom and experience. So, thank you for that. God bless you and all you're doing over there. Study well. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. All right. So, coming up on Practicing Catholic, countless women suffer the aftermath of having had an abortion, many of them silently. Here to help us hear their voices, hold them up in prayer, and offer love and support is Marianne Kaharski, all right after this.